Amen. So, hey, if you're an amener, I'm going to need your spark today. Okay? I'm going to need it today because we're going to talk about something called limbo. Limbo. And this is the verse that we're going to go through uh, as we go through today. And this is out of John chapter 5, beginning in verse 2. If you want to turn to your Bibles there or your electronic devices, you can do that. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. And these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been, already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once that man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. This man was in limbo for 38 years. So what is limbo? Well, I'm going to give you the definition of Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. This is the definition of limbo. The first part is this. In a forgotten or ignored place, state, or situation. The second part is an uncertain or undecided state or condition. I believe there's many in the body of Christ right now that are in this state or condition called limbo. The problem is, is that I think people are beginning to morph into what is the first part of this definition, where you feel like you're forgotten or ignored. And that is not the case. Where maybe you feel like there's nothing you can do about your situation. And that also is not the case. So we're going to be talking a lot about this in the next few weeks. And I'm excited about it. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Father, right now I pray that those of us that are in limbo, those of us that maybe don't think we are, but I believe one day they will be because all of us experience this state. I ask that that you open their hearts right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. I ask that as I am preaching today, that the words that come out of my mouth be the words that you want me to speak, that it's going to transform lives today, people. People are going to experience the freedom that they need to be able to get out of this state called limbo. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So COVID-19, wow, in the news, in the news, we're starting to see a rise in numbers, this whole new Delta variant. Right? There's people now in this, in this city that I know of that are getting sick with COVID-19. And the thing is, is we've been in this state for a year and a half, right? Where people are getting sick. People start to feel better and then they get sick again. And it's like, what is going on? And, and this situation, what we're finding ourselves in is really in a state of limbo. There, there's people that have been isolated at home that we, there's still people watching online that have not come to church since this has started. And they feel like they're all alone where there is no community. There's people that have lost their jobs. They're unemployed now. They've been unemployed for a long time. They can't get back into employment, or if they do, then they find themselves getting laid off or told not to come back. They're in a place where there is no hope. There are kids that have graduated high school, that have graduated college, and they're coming out, and they're now in the job force, and they're trying to find a job, trying to find this career, this thing that they want to do, and there is virtually nothing out there. So they feel like there's no future for them. And then there's a lot of people in here that I know are in a state where maybe they're looking at retiring and they're moving into this place of retirement or maybe you're already in retirement and you feel like there's just nothing 
for me to do. Welcome to limbo, where there's nothing. You feel nothing. You see nothing. You hear nothing. Your sense there's just nothing. You're caught between a season of something that you knew and you were familiar with is something that you're basically about to move into where you don't know and you're not familiar with. It's that in-between state. And I believe as a believer, we go into this state of limbo, into this state of nothing periodically throughout our walk. And it's a dis- discerning place, right? It's a place where it's very unsettling, it's very concerning. You're frustrated. You don't know what to do. And the danger is you start to get comfortable there. You start to grow stagnant. Now, I talked a lot about, in, in, in the past couple of months, I've talked about uh, being in the pit. If you remember that series I did about being in the pit, right? That, that Ascend series I did a few months ago. See, the difference between being in a pit and being in limbo, in, in a pit, you know you're, you're in a bad spot. You know, oh, I need healing. You know there, there's something going on in your life that you, just brought you down. This is different. This is where you just don't know what the heck's going on. You can't put your finger on it. And I've been there several times in my life. And it's this weird place, right? So for me, one of the times that I remember going into this limbo period was when I actually left the army. I mean, that was crazy for me to do that. I had a great job. I was an officer in the army. And I decided when my time was up to get out. I felt like God was calling Lisa and I, and at the time Asia, who was a newborn, back here to Tulsa. And we came back here because we wanted to go back to Grace Fellowship Church. We just felt like this is where God was calling us to be. I had no idea what kind of job I was going to get, although I knew what I wanted. My whole thing was, you know, after hearing some of my friends that got out of the military as officers, they went into the pharmaceutical market. Uh, They became pharmaceutical reps. And they told me all about it. And I was like, you know what? That's what I want to do. I want to be a pharmaceutical rep. So we moved back here without a job looking for me to have a career as a pharmaceutical rep. And everybody that's anybody in the pharmaceutical world was telling me, you're going to live in Tulsa? That is such a narrow market, you're never going to find a career in that job. Never. So we were stuck in this place of limbo. Money was running out. I was interviewing, interviewing, interviewing. Uh, At the time, Monster.com was a big deal which we've come a long way since then, right? With LinkedIn and all that other stuff, right? So applying, applying, applying online, hearing nothing. And then when I did, I did an interview and they would say, you have no experience. I would never get any traction. I was just stuck where there was just nothing happening. And I felt like I was doing everything I could, but nothing was happening. So what I did as the money was running out and as Lisa and I were panicking, yes, yes, we were panicking, Um, I decided to take a job. And I began to work at Blockbuster Video. And matter of fact, it's the one that was right here on the corner. That's now, well, it used to be a St. John's Clinic, which is now empty. That's where it used to be. And I remember one day I was working, and it was right before we opened the store, so I was taking all the videos. If those of you who remember what a video cassette tape is, and what a blockbuster video store is, right? They're they're gone now, thanks Netflix and all that other good stuff, but it's like taking all these videos out of the drop-off bin, and 
which is funny, which you find in that bin sometimes. But anyway, taking all those videos out and then restocking the shelf. And my manager at the time, she came up to me and she was like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, what do you mean what am I doing here? I think that's the question that a lot of you, that a lot of us are asking while we're in limbo. What are we doing here? It's a place where you, you, you find yourself questioning your life. And you know, when we, um, I think about two months ago, we had a, a young adult forum where I wanted to talk to all the young adults in our church because you know what, honestly, that's the generation that this church is trying to reach that young adult generation, if we're going to carry the gospel forward, we've got to reach the younger generations. We have to. So naturally, I think Jeff Jackson and I, we were wondering, you know, what are we going to do to reach the young? I mean, Jeff is so, so excited about reaching this Caleb generation. And I'm like, dude, I don't know, but let's ask him. Why not? So we called this meeting, this forum, and the, all these young adults showed up and they were voicing all their concerns and what it is that they, they think they need from the church and, and what they're feeling, what they're experiencing, what they want to hear from the pulpit. And one of those things was, a lot of us feel like we're in this period where there's just nothing happening. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do with our lives. We don't know what to do in the season that we're in right now. And instantly somebody said, I don't know who it was, somebody up to my right, I think it was Mallory, it said, oh, limbo. Yes perfect. I'm going to do a series on limbo. And as we're moving into August and into back to school season, I think a lot of us are starting to wonder, what do we do when we're in limbo? And we're asking that question, what is happening? Why am I here? And see, you can go back and look at this, at all the things in the Bible and in situations where there's people that are in limbo and And it's like, okay, so is their faith being tested? Um, Are they in sin? Uh, Is there something that God is trying to teach him? Uh, How long am I going to be here? And really, all these questions are being asked. and, And the question that I find myself asking is, does it really matter? Does it matter if God's testing you? Does it matter if there's sin that you're dealing with in your life? Does it matter if if you don't know why you're here. It doesn't matter. The fact remains, you're in limbo and nothing's happening. And the question is, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And I feel like we stand around waiting for God to do something when I think sometimes God takes a step back, hence the reason why you feel nothing, takes a step back and he's like, what are you going to do about it? I mean, it's quiet in here. Well, wait a minute, Jeff. I'm supposed to pray, and then my prayers are answered, then God does something about it. Yes, there are times for that, right? I remember times in my life where everything seems to be going really well. And then all of a sudden, it just seems like something happens. I'm off. You just feel it, right? It's like everything's going great, and you're just loving life, and God is like answering prayer, answering prayers, answering prayers. And then there's this season of, I don't really feel like he's there right now and there's no, nothing happening. There's no prayers being answered. It's like I'm in this crazy place of nothing. Why are we here? 
The problem is this. We as the church and as individuals are being in this state of limbo where nothing is seeming to happen and we're doing nothing about it. See, here's what I, here's what I hear a lot is, well, we're just waiting for revival. It's the church, right? The whole church. We're just waiting for a revival. Like somehow God is just going to come down here and boom, everything's just going to go great. People are going to be healed left and right. You know, people are going to become flying into this church. We're going to have standing room only in here and people in the lobby and out the doors. It's just going to happen. Could. But I feel like what God is saying is, wait a minute. Why, why are you, you know, as the church, you're in this limbo period Maybe you need to start taking the things that you've learned from me, the things that you're reading in my word, the things that your pastor is teaching you, and actually run and do something about it. And I honestly believe we're that way as the church, which means because the church is people, we're that way as individuals. So what I want to do is I want to take you on a little bit of a journey for the next few weeks. Here we are. Nothing is happening. So what is limbo? Well, the story that I read to you in John chapter 5 is going to point out so much. So let's get there, okay? So we're going to go in John chapter 5, beginning in verse 2, and I'm just going to kind of break this down for you. The first thing we need to understand about limbo is that we get comfortable in it. And because we get comfortable in it, hence the church and individuals, We do nothing about it. And that's dangerous. So verse 2. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool. So here we are. There's a pool by the sheep gate. Look at the city of Jerusalem, northwest corner of the city. There's a pool. And as John writes in Aramaic, it's called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. And in these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. So there's this pool called Bethesda with a lovely roofed colonnade. Now, I want you to think about a really nice pool that you've been at. See, this pool is not just a hole in the ground. It is a roofed colonnade, wraps around it, and there it is, a pool in the center of it. For me, my my favorite pool that I've ever been to is on the big island of Hawaii at a resort called the Fairmont. And we've been there several times, and they had this amazing pool. So it's like the hotel does a U-shape around it, kind of like a a, a roof colonnade, all right? A beautiful pool, and in front of that pool is the Pacific Ocean, and just palm trees swaying, and it's beautiful. And you know what we like to do when we go to this place? We like to do nothing. (laughs) We have an amazing breakfast, completely filled with gluttony. Gosh, I almost feel like we're in Rome. Total gluttony. We march out of our colonnade, and we go get our spot by this pool. I even got pictures of me laying there, like I take a picture with my phone from the, from the perspective, and we've all done it, right? Where, see my feet, my legs and my feet, and there in front of me is this pool, and then ahead of that is the ocean. And we sit there, 
and the pool boy or the pool girl brings us towels. You want something to drink? And we end up spending the day doing nothing. We're comfortable there. We're comfortable and we do nothing. And this is what this guy, this invalid, for 38 years has been doing. Absolutely nothing. Because he's poolside in Jerusalem. And he's loving it. Let's be honest. Sometimes being in limbo, we get comfortable. And in some weird way, we're okay with that. And we don't want to do anything about it. But he's not the only one. So in these lay a multitude of invalids. They're blind, lame, and paralyzed. And when you're doing nothing and you're in limbo, you're seeing nothing, you're blind. You're doing nothing because you're lame. Sorry, you're lame. You're feeling nothing because you're paralyzed. Everything on the natural, in the natural, even sometimes in the spiritual, you're just feeling absolutely nothing. And so you're laying there for 38 years. See, for me, the first time I think I've experienced limo, that I'm, I'm always aware of it, was during that time that I'd mentioned when I got out of the military and I worked for Blockbuster Video. That lasted for about four months. And I feel like there's some of you in here that have been in limbo for a long time. So you're poolside in Jerusalem. You're comfortable. You're numb. You've been there a long time. What God is saying to you today, if there's anything you take away from today is this, it's time to come out. It's time to come out of it. Second thing, moving on into verse six. While you're in limbo, oftentimes you feel like you're the only one. You feel like you're alone. And you start to blame others for where you're at. See, for me, when I put out my resumes, when I interviewed and all that stuff, I felt like because that person didn't hire me, it's their fault that I'm here. There was something about me. I had a little bit of pride issue, to be honest with you. Yeah, I went to a very prestigious military school. I graduate, get commissioned as an army officer, did really well in the military, did some pretty cool high-speed HUA stuff. And then I decide on my own to get out, and now nobody wants me. There was a pride thing that was in me. And I started to blame other people for the fact that I was here. The fact that my wife and I were running out of money and my young daughter at the age of, of what, three months, two months? And I started getting really bitter. I started to blame other people. So here comes God. Verse six, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? If you're in a situation where you're in limbo and you're waiting for God to do something and here comes Jesus and he asks you, do you want to get out of it? What are you going to say? Duh, yes. I want to get out of it. The sick man answered him basically in that way, right? He said, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going another steps down before me. He blames other people for not taking him down to the pool when the water is stirred up to get healed. So it's almost like he's saying, yes, Jesus, yes, I want to get out of it, but I have nobody to put me down in this pool. And the crazy thing is, 
what Jesus is actually saying here is, that's not how I'm going to heal you. It's by somebody dragging you down to this pool that you think is being stirred up by an angel. That's not how I'm going to do it. Now, you've been sitting here in this situation for 38 years thinking this is what I want from you? No. No, what I want from you is to do something different. See, the point is, maybe you're in limbo and you're blaming everybody else for your situation. You feel like you're all alone and you're like looking at me saying, but Pastor Jeff, I have been doing something. I've been doing whatever. I'm doing, I'm, I'm working this job, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm praying, I'm asking him to give me direction. And what God is saying is, do something different. And the question is, what is it I'm supposed to be doing? Well, I'm going to tell you that here in a minute. I believe I have the answer. I believe God has shown me through my own life experience the answer of what it's going to take to get out of the situation that you find yourself in. Because Jesus gave this man an answer. So the second thing, remember, being in limbo is where you feel all alone and you can start to blame others for being there. The question is, do you want to get out? And if you're like experiencing Groundhog Day where the same thing happens over and over and over and over again, you're never going to get out of it. So how are you going to get out of it? That's a good question. We're going to find out. The third thing, limbo is where you have to do something different to get out. And that's what I just said. So we're going to read in verse 8. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed, and walk. Wow, that's mind-blowing because this guy has not done that. Instead, he's waiting for someone to carry him down to the water. And Jesus is telling him, get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once, the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now, that day was the Sabbath. So getting out of limbo, yes, you have to do something different. But in order to do something different, it's going to require a step of faith. And I believe this man, who was an invalid for 38 years, finally took that step of faith. As soon as Jesus told him, you got to do something different, this is what you have to do, he thought in his mind, I'm going to do it. And as soon as he thought that thought, he got healed. And he was able to move forward. Some of you need to take up your bed, get up, and walk to get out of this situation. As simple as that. We have to do something different. So what is that? See, when my manager at Blockbuster Video looked at me and said, what are you doing here? I remember looking at her and like, what do you mean? What am I doing here? She said, no, 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 no. What are you doing here? And I'm like, what? And I'm like, I'm just working. I need a job. And, and she, she's like, okay, you... Coming out of VMI, being an officer in the military, you have a college degree, you have all this experience, what the heck are you doing at Blockbuster Video? Oh, yeah. Well, it's because I need a job. I needed to do something to help my family. I mean, that's just, I'm the man, I, I have to do something. 
then here's the point. So I told you I had a pride issue. It wasn't about me getting a job at Blockbuster Video. For me to get out of limbo, it was about humbling myself. God was trying to teach me something. He wanted me to humble myself. And nothing against if you work at a video store. If there is one still here in Tulsa, I think Family Video is the only one that I know of, and that, that one even closed over here, so I think there's one north of here, but I'm not trying to demean if you work at a video store. I think for me, what God was teaching me was I needed to do something different, and that something different was to humble myself. There's always a heart issue that needs to be changed before you can get out of this limbo period. And see, what your job is, is to find out what that is and to do something about it. That's what your job is. And I think my word to you today is quit waiting for God to do something about it. Your responsibility, I think Sarah said it really good up here a few minutes ago. She said, you know, press into God, seek him. You know, if that situation, whatever the situation you're in, you need to pray, pray about it. Yes. And then you need to find out what is that next step for me? What is it that's wrong here in my heart that needs to get fixed? Because in order for you to move from where you were to where God has taken you, that heart situation needs to be fixed before you can move on into your next season. It just does. Maybe it's patience. Maybe it's compassion. There's a lot of you in here that need to work on your compassion. I'm kidding. Maybe it's, it's humility. Who knows? Only you really know that. And it's time to take the next step. So here's a verse that I want to go through, a couple of verses actually in conclusion. It's Proverbs verse 3. Five through six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Yes. I think those of us who are in Christ, those of us who have been a Christian for a long time, understand and know these series of verses. Those of you that have not, you should live in these verses. There's so much packed into here. So when when it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, the reason why you're still in limbo is because there's a part, there's a piece of that heart where you haven't trusted him with yet and you need to give it to him you need you need to let him have it you need to trust him with all of your heart so the question the clue as to how you're going to get out of this limbo state is what is that piece of the heart that you need to give to him that you need to trust him with goes on, do not lean on your own understanding. Hence the reason why, why is this happening to me does not matter. You cannot lean into your own natural understanding. It doesn't matter if you understand it or not. Young people, if you're in this place of limbo, it don't matter if you understand it. All that matters is, 
man, what's the piece of my heart that I got to give to God? Completely trust him with. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Even in limbo, when you don't see him, you don't hear him, you don't feel him, acknowledge him. That's faith. Acknowledge the fact that, Lord, I know you're there. See, Jesus says in the passage that we just read, said he knew how long he had been there. He knows he's there. Acknowledge him. Lord, I don't feel you, but I know you are there. What is it that you want me to give to you so I can get out of this and move on to the next thing you have for me? And then it says, he will make straight your paths. So if I give him that piece of my heart that I need to trust him with, if I don't try to figure out on my own, and, it, and if I can just acknowledge that he's there, then all of a sudden he is going to begin to make my path straight. I'm going to be able to see ahead as to where it is he wants me to go and what's the next step that he wants me to take. So is limbo a good thing or a bad thing? In my opinion, in my humble opinion, it's a good thing. If I was never in the state of limbo when I was in that time period, period when I got out of the military and was looking for a career, then I would not have learned humility. I would probably be, I don't even know if I'd be here as pastor right now, and if I was by some act of God, I don't think I'd be preaching on your level. I think I'd be preaching at you. I had to learn that before I could get out of limbo and move into the next thing. And believe me, I'll go through some of it in the next coming weeks. There's other places where I've experienced limbo up to this point as pastor of the church. And it's always something that I've got to give over, a piece of my heart that I've got to get over to God and trust him with before he moves me on. So I believe limbo is a good place. So what's the big, big idea, the main point? is what you're becoming will be determined by what you're doing when you're in limbo. You're either going to become more patient, more humble, more compassionate, more bold, or you're just going to stay where you're at. Will God still use you? Yes, I believe he will. But there's going to come a day when we meet Jesus in heaven, and he's going to say, there could have been a whole lot more you would have done if you just would have learned this one thing while you're in that state. So this week, as you're thinking about what I've said, what God has said through me, I want you to start thinking and praying about what is that one piece of my heart that I've got to give over and have God take from me. I've got to trust him with so that I can move on to the next thing he has for me and I can get out of this state of being in limbo.